0: Harvest good to see everyone. My name is Mike Haddinger. I am the associate pastor here, uh, and uh, I guess I'm the guy that gets to stand around and you get to look at this morning, uh, like Kevin mentioned. Uh, but no, I, I'm going to share and wrap up our party series today. And man, it is an honor and a pleasure to be able to do this. I I, I love sharing about who God is and uh, and who He reveals Himself to be and who we are. It is one of my favorite things. I get to do that. i we've been talking about party and how when Jesus shows up, the party changes. Jesus was constantly at parties and he would change people's life at these things. But today, um, I'm kind of going in a different direction, not looking at a specific, one specific uh, instance of Jesus being at a party, Um, but kind of encapsulating this entire series in one message in looking at the entire scripture, kind of taking a walk through and seeing that God really isn't boring. Jesus isn't boring. He's all about the parties. So, speaking of parties, it is November. Uh, So it is a holiday season. Walmart has their Valentine's day stuff out already. They are ahead of the game for sure, but I want to do some interaction with you guys. Uh, So we're going to do this twice today. So get your smartphones out. If you don't have a smartphone, uh, I'm sorry. I have ignorantly excluded you today. Please forgive me. Uh, But I want to take a a poll, do a little word cloud poll. So go to this website, go on your browser. Uh, If you're watching at home, you can do this on an iPad, desktop, whatever. Go to pollev.com slash Mike H 100 to go to that website and think of your favorite holiday memories. I want you to get the scene, picture the scene of your favorite holiday memories. What are the things that are there? What what nouns are there? What's part of that scene in your mind? What things are there for your favorite holiday memories? Favorite holiday memories. What is there? You can go ahead and bring that over, Maggie. There we go. Right on time. I'm gonna answer. Uh, i answer as well. I think you can answer like three or four times a person. I think we have it set at something like that. like they're coming through. We had a good Calvinist in first service who put beer up there, of course. But man, all right, second service you guys are doing. This is about the total that first service had from the entire time, so you guys are on it. I see Gaines, G-A-N-E-S. I'm not sure if you're working out or you misspelled games, but you're the one. Good memories. Napping, yes, the mem- memories of you napping. I'm sure that's great. All right, well there's definitely two that are standing out. Um, and so if, But by the way, what this is, if multiple answers come in that are the same, they get bigger and bigger, so that means those are multiple uh, examples coming through. All right, a lot of answers coming in. It's getting smaller and smaller though. I thought it would like fill up the screen. That, Alright. Well anyway, we definitely have two or three Christmas I see, family, food, morning. Oh someone put morning with a period. Pastor Robin, was that you again? We did a test and she put all her answers with a period. And so good punctuation. Good good job. Good job. Well, hey, thank you for your input. We'll leave that up another couple seconds. Oh, it's gone. Favorite memories. Good family memory or good holiday memories. Interesting how food and family and first service. Food and family, those were absolutely the number one answers as well. Those stood out among the rest. Don't, don't put your phones too far away. We're going to do this one more time in a few minutes. My favorite memories sometimes are the simple things. But I also want to talk about some things that aren't necessarily best holiday memories. And it kind of struck me that uh, one thing our culture understands is there were two, two separate uh, sitcoms we were watching recently that talked about Christmas. One of them, there was a single dad. He was wondering what to do with his daughter for Christmas, and he was wondering, should I maybe take her to church? That's like a holiday thing. And the friend said, no, don't do that. Leave the boring stuff for the mom. You do the fun stuff. Okay, so obviously that message was church on Christmas is boring. Religious stuff is boring on Christmas. Same thing. There's another... Uh, show and the main character was debating what to do for Christmas. His uh, his family wasn't wasn't around and his best friends were leaving to visit their family. So he was wondering, do I just hang out by myself? Do I go with cousins that live across town? But they're really religious and really boring. He ended up choosing them and they went to church and of course it was very boring. Depicted and and dinner with the family was very boring. And he ended up leaving and saying, you know, I'm I'm ditching this. And he found some other friends and went and went to bar and went drinking Christmas Eve. That was better. That's not good. If, if the main idea that, uh, of, of church with holidays is boring, there's something, there's something wrong there. If, if as a church, we're presenting boringness as, as what Christmas represents with us. But at the same time, you know, on the other hand, like that like character say, you know, this is boring. I'm gonna go do something else about drinking. Um, this is not, not an anti-alcohol stance here at all. But I do have a memory. Uh, in college it was a it was a holiday time we were on break but we me and some friends decided to stay on campus for break and it was on one friend's it was his birthday weekend so we went out we were watching I forget if it was March Madness or football we were watching something you know eating some wings and he uh, started drinking and kept drinking throughout the whole game and then I ended with him doing something on my car that you do after you've had a lot to drink and that's not a good memory to me Like, when I look back, that's not something that's like a rock in our friendship. You know, I mean, there's grace efforts. It hasn't hasn't ruined it, but, like, that's not one of my favorite memories. It's it's just not. And so we looked at good memories, but at the same time, we have some negative examples of holidays being either boring or just kind of weird and disturbing. Those aren't good memories. Those aren't good memories. And so the problem that I see is we think— We see God, even if we recognize or not, we think God is either mean, boring, or both. And that manifests itself in that we don't know how to party the right way. We either don't party and are really boring, or we party so much or so hard or in the wrong ways where it's just not, you kind of lose control and you're escaping and and you're not really productive or doing anything beneficial or good. So when when we think God is mean and God is boring... We have to make up for that. We fill, we fill our lives with other things and we party in the wrong way. That's a problem. It's a problem that I see. We either party too much in the wrong way, things that aren't really healthy, or we don't party at all and become stale and boring. That's a problem. So here's a solution that I have. Right, if this is you, if you realize, you know what? Yeah, when I think of God, I don't really think, uh, I don't really think party master. I, I kind of, if I would think of him, I would, you know, there's a little bit of like tension there and nervousness and, if that's you, I want to present a little bit of a solution today. So here's my solution. I think that God is actually the ultimate party planner. What I want to do today is I want to look through the Bible, kind of through the whole story of Scripture, and, and really dive in and see if there's any truth to this. Spoiler alert, I think there is. That's why I'm preaching this message. But I think God is the ultimate party planner. Now, again, it doesn't mean that boring, you know, for Gen Z, boring does not automatically mean bad. You know, we fill our lives up with so many distractions that we're like afraid to be bored. At times, boredom is good because it allows you to be creative. So I'm not saying that. I want to make sure I'm balancing that. Boredom does not automatically equal bad. But if boring and lame is the main thing you associate with church and religion, things like that, you're missing something. So the solution to this problem is that God actually, I think, is the ultimate party planner. He's not trying to take meaningful fun moments away from us. Parties are actually a really big deal to God. Parties are a really big deal to him. So here's what we're going to do. I think, and the, the way our, our, our church, our denomination understands it, the Bible is a weird, diverse collection of 66 books written across thousands of years in different languages, but yet somehow there is a story to it. There's a movement to it that it has a direction that God somehow purposely reveals himself in a way where the, the, the Bible tells us a story across all these authors and moves in a specific direction that God actually kind of has, has breathed and has revealed himself on purpose through the Bible. Now, you're wondering, okay, what are the details of that? Why do we think that's reliable? That's a very good question, and I'll answer that by saying, come to Essentials next week, because that's what we're talking about, exactly there. Essentials next week, right in room 116. And why the Bible is reliable, how we understand it. But what I wanna do is, you can put that picture up, uh, Maggie. I think the Bible is like, like a big tapestry. If you've seen like something being woven on a, a loom, um, does anyone know what a loom is? Is that a weird word? Yeah. So anything like Something being woven, a big, a, a big carpet tapestry, it has all these threads in it. And the Bible, yeah, it's got a thousand threads running through it. It's so diverse and it's uh, you know, so expansive. But yet, I believe you can find these little threads that kind of run through all the way through. Just like if you see the, the pattern there, there's a thread. If you follow it, it'll run all the way through from beginning to end. That's what I want to do today. I want to find a little thread, the party thread, and kind of follow that thread through the story of the Bible. Starting from the beginning, going all the way to the end, and see who that thread can show us. So that's what we're going to do today. That's the plan. And we have five stops. So here's kind of the roadmap of what it's going to look like. Look at these beautiful shapes that uh, our assistant Brandy has made. Thank you, Brandy. That's our, these are our road road uh, roadmap for our stops today. We're going to do five different stops and look at how God uses parties to reveal himself to help us go along on our way. God really is the ultimate party planner. So that's the goal today. Now, if that's true, if God really is the ultimate party planner, if, if we really do see that throughout Scripture, God is constantly using parties, throwing parties, things like that, then here's the takeaway. If that's true, then for us, we should party to remember, not escape. Party to remember, not escape. That's the main point today. It's the one, the one main point that I have for you. Party to remember, not escape. So, so, again, not escape. This is not whatever you escape into. Video games, alcohol, shopping, whatever. Don't escape life, but also don't not party. Party. Don't, don't miss out on times to celebrate and party and do the things you do at parties. Don't, don't make either of those mistakes. So party to remember, not escape. Now, quick little side note. This is a little kind of sidecar on our journey here. Uh, at the beginning, what were the two things that stood out the most from our word cloud of favorite memories? Family and food. I find that interesting that the best memories that we have kind of are around the simplest of things. Just some food and drink and some people we're in a relationship with. Those are, those are kind of the background for the best memories that we have. Sometimes we don't need extravagant things to have the most meaningful memories. It's food and drink and relationships. And so what we're going to do is, as we move along, I think we're going to show that there's these elements, these simple elements are part of every party stop Along the way, that's again that's a little side point we're making. Okay, let's go to the beginning. Stop number one, all the way in Genesis, Genesis two, one and two. We're going to be in Genesis, in Leviticus, and John, in Matthew, and Revelation. So if you uh, want to follow along with your Bible, you can give you a little heads up there. We're going to do five stops. Number one, Genesis. Here's what it said: Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work He had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, he rested from all the work of creating he had been doing. So this is giving us the picture that God has finished creation. These, this ancient author, you know, writes the story of how God has orderly made the universe and is overseeing the world. And the seventh day he understands that this day God's makes special. He makes it holy. Holy means separate. Holy means a little bit different. God puts a rhythm into the week. And we understand that. We have weekends. Does anyone like weekends around here? Anyone a fan of weekends? Say, I love, I absolutely love my job. Job's great. I mean, last week, our deacon board came up here and gave me beef smokies. Like, what's better than that, you know, for a job? But at the same time, I love weekends. Right, I love job, but there's something about weekend. You know, the work is done. You can relax a little bit, get, run some errands, kind of. We love weekends. When do parties happen? 95% of parties happen on weekends. So I'm making a little bit of an indirect point, but from the very beginning, God says every now and then you should do something different. Once a week, something should be a little different. You should, you should refocus a little bit. So God is setting up rhythms in our weekly life from the very beginning. Because we know parties, parties don't happen you know, forever. Parties are, are short. They have definite time. They're, so that's the connection I'm making is even from the beginning, God says sometimes should be a little bit different a little bit separate, have a little bit of a rhythm. He's laying the foundation for parties. So that's the very, very beginning. All the way back from the beginning, we understand God modeling a special day to be set aside when these parties happen. Now, now think about it, this is in creation. So again, with the with story of creation, God creates a man and a woman. He puts them in a garden and says, eat whatever you want except for this tree. So what do we see? We see a man and woman, family, eat all the trees, food, family and food. That's all, that's all I needed. It's all I had have a special day. So again, that's a side point there. All right. So step number two, number one, we saw in the beginning, step number two, now get your phones out again. We're gonna, I want to see some uh, interaction. I want to, I want to see how you guys are feeling about what is coming up. So answer this question. There are blank days until, so answer that question. How would you answer this question? You can do I think a couple different responses if, the, if you have a few ideas. Uh, found out in first service that Dan Montgomery's birthday is in 12 days. So once again, shout out to you, Dan. But uh, how many days are there until blank? All right. Monkey. There's one in every crowd. Not a monkey. Someone who's got to make jokes. I should not have mentioned the John Montgomery thing because now everyone is uh, <laughs> birthday is now the biggest biggest word on there. All right, but we see okay, Christmas, Thanksgiving, election. Yep, days due. Ooh, someone's having a baby. Wedding. Congratulations. Hopefully. Hopefully it's... A, why is it getting so small? The, well, yeah, I understand. It. I feel like it should fill the screen up, but... Okay, anyway, we can see... What are the big ones on there? Thanksgiving, Christmas, birthday, election. A lot. A lot of days. Someone... Someone's struggling at math today. But, okay. All right. I think the point, the point has been made is, for the most part, Christmas, Thanksgiving, we situate ourselves kind of on a calendar, especially now. November's here. We have a holiday season. We live in these rhythms. We live in these rhythms. We know, we can kind of envision it's November 1st. Over the next two months, you can basically kind of picture what's, what the next two months are going to look like somewhat. You know, you know you're gonna have family over soon, you're gonna go somewhere, you're gonna eat turkey probably soon. And it honestly helps to have those rhythms in life. It does. It it's helpful to have those ups and downs and seasons. And I know last week Pastor Kevin self-described himself as a Grinch for Christmas, but sorry, Pastor Kevin. God gave us Christmas. We gotta we gotta celebrate it. Yeah. Now, in, in all honesty, knowing Pastor Kevin, he he likes. The, the, the realness of Christmas, he doesn't like all the superficial, you know, commercialism having to spend a million dollars Christmas. So he has, he has a heart, don't worry. It's, it's two times bigger than what he shows up here, but you're not a Grinch, not a Grinch. But we have these rhythms, and, and the holidays actually help us have seasons and rhythms to life, and it gives us a way to kind of navigate and gives us times to have some on and off seasons And that's not just us. Actually, every culture in the world has holidays. Whether you're Buddhist or Muslim or Hindu, whatever, every culture has these holidays where the the year kind of goes up and down. And the ancient Israelites, they understood that God had given them holidays as well. So let's go to, to our stop number two in Leviticus 23. The Lord said to Moses, speak to the Israelites and say to them, these are my appointed festivals, the appointed festivals of the Lord, which, are, which you are to proclaim as sacred assemblies. So God made this covenant um, with, with this nation of Israel. What is a covenant? Great question. We're answering that in essentials as well next week. You should go there, find out that. We talk about covenant a lot here. It's a, it's a, a way to understand the relationship between God and man. So God, with his covenant with Israel, he says, okay, have these holidays. You should put some things on your calendar that will help you remember who you are, who I am. Now, What are some examples of these holidays? This entire chapter goes through like seven different festivals they have. But the first one it mentions is Sabbath. That's what we saw way back in creation. Sabbath is a festival to remember weekly. The second one then is the biggest holiday for the ancient Israelites, Passover. Passover. Let's go to the Exodus passage if we can put that on. And Passover was a holiday they celebrated They were slaves in Egypt, and God sent plagues and delivered them from Egypt. They were set free. So God gave them this holiday called Passover. It says, I will pass over you. That's why it's called Passover. No destructive plague will touch you when I strike Egypt. Here's what they were supposed to do. This is a day for you to commemorate. What does commemorate mean? It means to remember. This is a day for you to commemorate for generations to come. You shall celebrate it. We can go back to that scripture, Maggie, if we can. For on this very day, I brought you out of the land of Egypt. So God gave them a holiday, Passover, for them to remember and celebrate. So they should party in order to remember. Party in order to remember. God gave them these holidays, these parties, so they would remember who they were. So number one, step one, in the very beginning, God gives them a rhythm. Step two, he says, hey, this rhythm, that's part of these celebrations you need to have. Also, like Passover, you should remember, stop and remember that I have set you free from Egypt. You are my freed people. So, when you get together and have this party, you should remember something. You should remember something. Uh, now, what do they do at these parties? Families got together around and ate a meal. Food, drink, families. Even there, too. It's all they needed. Party to remember, not escape. That's what the ancient Israelites did. God said, you should party, have this festival, have the celebration to remember who you are and who I am. Okay, let's move on to number three. Now we go to the New Testament. Jesus shows up on the scene. I'm looking at the, the story of Jesus turning water into wine. Pastor Kevin preached on this a few weeks ago. It was a great message. Now here's what John says about this. What Jesus did here in Cana of Galilee, water into wine, what he did here was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory. And his disciples believed in him. So Jesus shows up on the scene, and the first thing he does is what? Is he keeps the party going. First thing Jesus does publicly to signify, hey, I'm here. There's something meaningful about me. The party was about to stop and crash him, and he says, no, no, no. We're going to keep this party going. We're going to keep this thing going. That's the first thing Jesus does. I don't think that's by accident that John included this and shares it to us this way. Jesus shows up, and he keeps the party going. Going, He makes it meaningful. So number one, we saw that God puts rhythms in our life. Number two, God gives the Israelites parties, as they should remember. And number three, Jesus shows up and says, we're going to keep partying, keep the party going. Yes. I think this is, this is a meaningful thing. This whole series has shown us how Jesus shows up at parties and changes things. I don't know if you think that Jesus, like if you picture him, like he was just walking along dusty roads, like healing people and like teaching no, he was hanging out with people at parties all the time, just chilling, hanging out like a normal, regular human person. That's who he was. He's not he Jesus, God is not just a, a dry, boring person that doesn't really get what's fun. Right? I don't know if you have this idea of God as like this cop looking to shut your party down whenever it gets too loud. You know, for for me, I remember a moment um, I had I had amazing parents, amazing dad. Shout out to my mom and dad, they're in Costa Rica. Happy anniversary, 33 years. Congratulations there. Yeah. People are clapping for you if you can't hear mom and dad. But they're missionaries in Costa Rica, so we grew up in Costa Rica and Mexico. They lived in Mexico for about 20 years. Um, They're amazing parents. Incredible. My dad's music taste, though, I would describe in different words than amazing and incredible. (laughs) Ranging from odd to... I don't know. I don't know. I I don't want to. I don't want to hurt your feelings, Dad. You have you have great taste in music. Don't worry, Dad. It's very it's very good. Um, but also, so <laughs> my dad he grew up like old Pentecostal culture. Um, but also, being missionaries in a new in a new land, a new culture, we were very aware not to offend anyone. So we were very careful on the things we wore and said and the music we listened to. And it was always like we were kind of on edge. We want to make sure we didn't kind of ruin our, our witness to anybody through something accidental that we would do or say like, maybe Mexicans hate electric guitars. I don't know. We, we didn't know. So we were, we were very careful. They don't by the way. And so my dad, one of his favorite bands that he would have us listen to were, were these guys here called the Happy Goodmans. Has anybody ever heard of the Happy Goodmans? All right. So now, actually, I didn't realize there were this many of them. There were only three by the time, you know, the nineties came along. Hopefully they weren't dying off, but maybe they separate. I don't know. But there were only three of them that I knew of. But, and they would just, basically, if there was music that you could, like, clang spoons to and, and yeah, like in a church tent, picture that. That's the kind of music they sang. Southern gospel-like hymns. I mean, good quality music, good lyrics, but it's not, not music that middle schoolers, you know, it wouldn't be their first choice or first style choice. So anyway, anyway, this is the kind of music my dad, dad loved. And it, you know how, I mean, even now, if there were, there's, one, there's one song, I'll uh, have a good mo- song. If it came on, it would like make me emotional just because it has memories of my dad. I don't know. But anyway, as we were becoming middle schoolers, going into high school, um, and we discovered that there's like bands, Christian bands, like Reliant K, a Thousand Foot Crutch, back in 2002 that were like all the rage. And we're like, oh wow, there's music that has like, drums and stuff, it's pretty cool. And I remember there was, there was one time we were listening to, I don't know who it was, but it was, it was a part of the song that there was like some extra like grungy yelling and guitar solos, things like that. I remember, I remember turning it down because I was worried my dad like wouldn't like it. And this is a very seminal moment in my mind. Dad, you probably don't remember this. And it maybe not seem like a, a lot, but I remember my dad saying, no, no, leave that. I like that. And that like clicked something in me where it's like, okay, maybe my dad likes Happy Goodmans, but he's... He's also kind of cool. Like, he's cool. He's not just okay with me, like, listening to heavier music that, but yeah, he actually likes it. And so something clicked to me, like, okay, all right, my dad's actually kind of cool. Man, in the same way, let's reshape our image of God and Jesus a little bit. Yeah. He was at parties constantly hanging out with people. He doesn't hate music. He doesn't hate hanging out. He doesn't hate laughter. He created these things. That's right. Jesus is kind of cool, guys. It's kind of cool. So anyway, that's what, that's what Jesus is showing us. He shows up, and the first thing he does is say, hey, let's keep the party going. He's the, God is the ultimate party planner. He's constantly using parties. Okay, let's stop number three. Let's move on to number four. Which, real quick, speaking of at a wedding, what do you have at a wedding? You have people, you have food and drink, right? It's all you need. It's all you need. All right, number four. Matthew 26, 17, on the first day of the festival... The disciples came to Jesus and asked, Where do you want us to make preparations for you to eat the Passover? So Jesus and his disciples is a festival, it's a celebration, it's a party. And what party are they celebrating? The Passover. Passover. We just learned about the Passover. It's it was an Israelite holiday they celebrated for years about how God had set them free. So Jesus and disciples are together, they're partying. They're together and having a party. And what happens at this party? First Corinthians. The Lord Jesus took bread and we had given thanks. He broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Jesus gives him some food and says, eat this food and remember something at a party. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. So what's happening? Jesus at a party Jesus just at a party, and he's using elements of this party to help them remember something, something new now. Yeah, remember the, the old Passover, they were supposed to remember how God set them free from Egypt. Jesus is now saying, hey, when you get together and you party and you break bread and you drink, cup, you drink together, remember something new. Remember something, but it's something new, a new covenant that I'm doing, this new way of relating to God. And here's the, here's the good news. This new covenant between us and God Again, you can learn more about Covenants and Essentials next week, plug number three. This new covenant between us and God. Guess what? You don't have to worry about being good enough anymore. You don't have to worry about if you're really loved or not. You don't have to worry about if the most broken and shameful parts of you are really too bad. You don't have to worry about that anymore. You're free. You're loved. God, everything that separates you from God is taken care of and done. And He, he has peace and grace and a plan for you, and that's all secure. That's what you get to remember. That is some good news right there. That is what Jesus is saying. Remember this. There's, not, there's no more list of things, oh, did I do this right or today, wrong today? What did I do, God? What do I have to have forgiveness for? No, 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 no. You're already all good, and God will direct you. Sometimes, you know, you get out of line, he'll be like, hey, hey, come on, let's go this way, let's go this way. Yeah, sure, he'll direct you in the way to live. But, man, worrying about if we're good enough, if we're okay enough, if we're right, you don't have to do that anymore. That's good news. That's what we get to remember. So, yeah, communion, this is, this is the communion passage that we, we read. So every time we take communion, yeah, sometimes it's a little bit solemn. It's a little bit somber. You know, get the bread and the cup. But guess what? The early church, when the church first started, they didn't have a little mini cup and a little wafer that tasted right. like wafer. I'm not going to—no no insults to wafer company out there. Thank you for providing us with wafers, communion companies. No complaints from me. Guess what? They got together for a whole afternoon and had a dinner party. Their communions were meals they would eat together. Right? So it's, it's not supposed to be. Sometimes a solemn, you know, reverent time is, is good and healthy. But they, the early church communion for them was, hey, let's get together and just hang out and eat dinner together and remember who we are in Christ. Man, that's, that's an exciting thing. So when we have communion, it's a chance to remember. Or even when you get together with someone just to eat a meal, you can remember. Let it spark something. Just like my, um, my wife and I, we took a vacation to Maine once, and here's a picture. This is a wife-approved picture, all right? So don't worry. Uh, I'm not getting yelled at afterwards. She doesn't yell at me either. I didn't mean to say that. She, she does not yell. She just, she just guides me in the right path. I love you, Ashley. But we are eating lobster roll. Has anyone had fresh Maine lobster roll? It is it is good, like I've had I've had lobster a couple times before. It's not my favorite. It's like I don't know, like a giant water grasshopper. I don't know. It's pretty pretty good. Like it's pretty good, but that that is different. It was just it was just a piece of lobster with some butter on a, on white bread, one slice of white bread. But yeah, but it was amazing. It was, it was amazing. We'll remember it. Now, guess what? Every time we have lobster again, we're going to think of that time we had lobster in Maine. Every time we eat lobster, it's going to spark something in us. Be like, remember that time we had a lobster roll in Maine, right on the water, sitting like on the bay there? And it's going to make us remember it and be like, yeah, good times. Yeah. Man, so for us, every time we take communion, every time you even celebrate with other Christians, how about, hey, guys, remember that time that Jesus died and rose again, giving us a hope for our future. And, like, right now we can live with no condemnation or shame or guilt and all the freedom. Like, remember that time that happened where we can live in that every single moment, every single day? That's pretty cool. Man, so when you party, remember. Have those celebrations together. Remember. Party to remember, not to escape. We can do that. We can do that. So we'll do our side note again. Jesus, food, drink, and friends. That's all you need for a good party. Okay, so, so step one, let's recap again. Step one, way back in the beginning, God set a special day aside, some rhythms for our life. Step two, he put, he, he with his, the nation of Israel, what he had covenant with, he said, hey, let's have some holidays for, for a, a yearly, like, seasons. And how about some holidays and parties for you to remember who you are and who I am? Then Jesus shows up and says, hey, we're going to keep this party going. That's the first thing he does when he shows up. Then later, towards the end of his ministry here on earth, Jesus says, you know what? We're gonna at a party, he says, I want you to remember something new. All right, so let's go to the final step then. Going to Revelation 19, 7 through 9. And Revelation, yeah, it's a weird book. If you've tried to read through it, or if you've read Left Behind, it is, it has got some crazy images. But it was it is a book written by John. So the same John that wrote the book of John. John, who was with Jesus, who lived with him for years, had this, these visions, and he wrote down these visions. And the main point is, hey, Jesus is in control, he's coming back, and he's going to make things new. That's, that's, the, that's the whole point of Revelation, is Jesus has got this, and he's got a plan for us. So here's what John is saying at, at, as, at the very end of all things, kind of where, where are things going? Here's what it says. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory for the wedding of the lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready blessed are those who are invited to the wedding banquet of the lamb now in his imagery the lamb is jesus and we can't get into all that right now but for him the, the lamb is the king the lamb is jesus so jesus is celebrating a wedding banquet with his banquet with his bride who's the bride just a few verses later revelation one two says i saw the holy city the new jerusalem Coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. The bride is the city of God's people. We are the bride, and yes, there's imageries to, to understand and work through. There, the you know, Paul Paul writes and says he understands that marriage is a representation of how Jesus loves us, and um, it's it's not yeah you know, maybe a little odd. But it's not weird, but we're the bride, and so this. The whole point is this, this vision, this ending vision, is that there's going to be a huge wedding banquet between Jesus and his people, us. The start of a new relationship. What's a wedding banquet? It's a party. Yep. Guys, guess what? Where is all of this going? Where is this whole story of the Bible leading up to Jesus and how the future going? It ends with a party, a giant, ginormous party with everybody in God. It's all leading towards a party. God's planning this. He is the ultimate party planner. Notice he doesn't just... Pastor Kevin, you said it perfectly, really. He doesn't just tolerate us. It's not like he's like, got, this, got this book of all our things and like, well, you know, you really sinned a lot, but uh, I guess I promise I'd forgive you so you can get in. Like, if that's our attitude, you're yeah, he does let us in, but it's, man, this in and out idea, like, is missing the point. God says, I love you so much. You are my favorite. I want to live with you and party with you, like, forever. That's what it's all about. And why is this party happening? Well, here's here's why this party is happening because it's starting something new. Revelation 21, three through five. And I heard a loud voice saying, "Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and He will dwell with them. God and people are just together at last. They will be His people, and God Himself will be with them, and and He'll be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes." There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for those old things have passed away. 2020 will one day pass away, people. And, you know, for the the suffering, if if you didn't think the world is too bad this year, hopefully it's changed your mind a little bit that there's something wrong with our world. But he who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. That's why there's a party because one day God is going to end the evil and the pain and the wrong in the world and He's going to make things new. Don't you, don't you want that hope? Don't you want to live with that hope? Now, we can get into the, the mind reasons of why and how to believe this, but man, doesn't something in your heart say, We need that? This, this world cannot be all there is. We cannot just die and go into the dust and this is the whole purpose of things. Don't you want a, a, a time and a place where crying and mourning ends? And a party is what kicks off the rest of eternity. I want that. That is why. Because of that hope. Because that is how the the story of the Bible progresses. And it ends with this party of, of us and God partying together because we're about to live this new life. It's because it goes in that way. Because it shows that God really is the ultimate party planner. From the very beginning, He gave us some rhythms. Hey, something should be different every now and then. Then He gave holidays. Hey, remember that I've set you free, Israelites. Then Jesus showed up and said, hey, let's keep this party going. Then he just said, hey, when you party, number four, remember who you are in me right now, the present. And it's going towards, hey, another party's coming. A big party is coming. Because of that, because God really is the ultimate party planner, we can party to remember, not escape. Today, we can party to remember, not escape. No offense to uh, Mr. Pitbull, Mr. Worldwide, uh, Mr. 305, whatever, you know, all the titles he goes by. If you guys don't know Pitbull, um, He's a Puerto Rican rapper. He's got he's got some fun songs. I'm not gonna lie, but there's one that, that stood out. Thinking, of, ran this message and it goes: I knew my rent was gonna be later about a week ago. I still can't pay it though. But I got just enough to get up in this club, have a good time till my time is up. And unfortunately, that's the attitude that a lot of people have: is I can't fix the problems. I can't handle all my responsibilities, but I'm going to have a little bit of a good time because that's really all I can afford right now. All I can do is just escape for a little bit and not worry about the future. So with all due respect to, I don't even know what his real name is, Mr. Pitbull, if you're listening, if God has done something in your life and you're listening to me right now, thank you for being creative with your music. But uh, I'm countering your point right now. Man, there's something, something so much more than Life kind of sucks, but let's just escape for a little bit. Let's just do whatever we have left. Let's just get up in this club for a little bit and not worry about tomorrow. Well, here's the problem. Monday always comes around. The problem is the hangovers are always still there. That's the problem is you can't just live that way because, yeah, it sounds good for a little bit, but it doesn't last. That Monday feeling. Parties, yeah, party this weekend. But, man, Monday's coming. I don't want to live that way. I don't want to live that way. I'd rather live however, like every day is Friday where, yeah, every, you know what? There's still some work to do. There's still some pain to go through. So some things are not quite done yet, but there's a party coming. There's a there's a party coming when this is all done. That's the hope that we can live in. There is a party coming. That's what I want for you guys. So party to remember, not escape. Now, escape is not just, again, it's not anti-alcohol. Whether you can escape through through drinking, through partying. You can escape through nostalgia this Christmas. You can escape through shopping and buying so many gifts that you just, you're so focused on that, that you're just, you're not even thinking about real life. You're just escaping. But also maybe you can be so boring that it's like, okay, great. Thanksgiving, Christmas, man, don't do that either. That's not who God is. God's the ultimate party planner. He gave us parties so we could remember, be aware of who he is, who we are, and where this is going. Let's party to remember and not escape. You guys can come on out, man. Party to remember, not escape. So this holiday season, it's November 1st, over the next two months, it's gonna be a lot of holidays and partying happening. So don't escape through whatever it is you can escape through sports or planning or watching movies. Do those things, but do them in the fullness of what God has given. Don't don't miss out on this time. Don't be a Grinch. Embrace these holiday seasons. Remember that what God has done, just like Passover, remember what God is doing right now, just like with communion. We are, we're living in the new covenant right now. And remember where this is going. There is a new party coming. There's a new party, a new life coming. Let's remember those things. Let's take Thanksgiving or Monday, November the 2nd and take those times to remember. Take Christmas embrace these times, party to remember this holiday season and not just escape. I'm going to invite you to stand we're going to sing a chorus that reminds us of this hope that we have coming